welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with me, Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Hey, welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast. I'm Ryan Deeds, and this is where we learn together about how to make insurance agency operations better. Um, you know, we like to say the efficiency, but too often I think about the humans behind it. And so my, my new focus is trying to help elevate those humans and make them better so we can net some, some gain and we'll call that efficiency. But I like the human powered element. So big thanks to Indio for putting this on and helping educate insurance agencies everywhere. The Indio is a electronics form solution that allows you to send a very slick looking interface to your client, collect a bunch of data, put it back into all the forms you need, and it makes you look really neat. So if you don't know them, you should check them out, www.useindio.com. Use Indio, and they're good folks. Today, I have Melissa Wilder on with me, and we are going to be going through a renewal process, what that looks like, how how that works, where we hit pitfalls and hangups, and how do we get through it. I mean, the renewal process is a big deal. Melissa, glad glad you can come aboard and be on with me. It, it's always fun being with you. And it's on a Saturday, so I, you know, you're truly dedicated. That's right. <laughs> I am the true insurance nerd. Yes, folks, it's true. Let's just put it out there. It's true. Thank you for having me. And thank you, Indio. I, I really, I support this resource insurance. It's, I really appreciate them for doing that. Well, that's right, man. We're, we're stoked about trying to build a little community. If you guys don't know, we have a LinkedIn group called the uh, Digital Broker Podcast Group on LinkedIn. Come on in. Melissa would love your feedback on these. You know, she is... That's right. She's an account manager. She's been a producer. She's been in multiple niches. And uh, she, I had the pleasure of working with her for many that years both ways that's right pleasure both ways <laughs> and so all right so so let's let's take a vanilla regular plain jane renewal right just no big deal walk me through what the perfect renewal looks like would you it, it usually starts about 160 to 120 days out the team gets together the producer the AE, if there's an AE on the account the account manager the assistant and marketing to kind of look at the operations of the insured, have they grown? Are the you know their loss experience? So is this is this a list? I mean, are you coming off of an a, a expiration yes. list of some form that everybody's reading from, and yes. and you have like, hey, okay, it's so are we meeting on the first of the month to yes. discuss all the renewals that are going to happen that month and identify key key renewals? Yes. Or, I mean, how do you stratify? Because I mean, if you had ten things renewing, ten clients renewing in one month, which I, I assume happens? Right. On our book, because we are large commercial, we may have fewer clients, but with bigger policies or more policies, more exposures, more losses. It could also be different types of, you know, guarantee costs, deductibles, things like that. We usually sit down the, the first Tuesday of every month and we usually go over the next three to four months of renewals to go ahead and look at them in different stages so we can go ahead and start having conversations. For the ones that are coming up, we've, you know, to start off, we look at the ones that we need to get going on. You know, the ones that we're just beginning to talk about, we kind of go over the high level. Are they gonna to wanna to go to market? What's happened with it? What changes? And we make that decision at that time. You know, does it look like we're putting it out to market or 
and, that's, and that's predicated on the what happened the year before or, right? or the current year what's happening in the current year it could be tons of variables have they acquired another company have they sold a company how are their losses affecting them either way good or bad how the service with that current carrier is have their operations changed? Do, you know, do we need to enhance some coverages or restructure the plan that we had in place? And do that's cl- when everybody weighs in. Do, do clients, so in, you're having this meeting before you ever really talk to the clients though, right? It depends, it depends. Some clients, depending on their structure and size, we will do a stewardship report six months in. So we may have already touched those items before we go out. But, you know, normally we're talking to our clients just about every week. So we are having those ongoing discussions. But normally this is the first time we're kind of touching base about the renewal. What makes a client, so when you're in that meeting, I mean, when you're looking at remarketing is, mm-hmm. because I guess that's the first decision, right? Is right. Do we remarket this or do we stay with the, the current carrier? Right. And are there, is that typically price driven or if the client's, I mean, how, I guess, from all the renewals that you've been a part of, what are the driving forces behind, like the top three driving forces that would make you go to remarket it? I also think that's dependent on the buyer. Some buyers are very price sensitive, so that could just be an automatic, you know. They want competition. They, they, they want three or four. They, they, and, right. and when you remarket, I mean, do you take it to three or four markets or do you take it to two? Do you take it to just another one? I mean, or is it, it's just variable based it's, on? It's variable. My personal school of thought is that an account should not go to market except every three years to make sure they have the best program. Because if underwriters see it every year and work on it and you're not moving it, it's going to burn them. And when you really want them to play, they're going to be like, no, I've touched this. I've tried before. It's a, it, it depends on each player in the game. I think, you know, different people on the team bring different aspects. The producer's looking at the price, rightfully so, but also think the account manager and the team are making sure that the service and the coverages are in line with what that insured needs. So I think everybody's bringing a different perspective to the table. And during the year, I guess, I mean, or whatever that previous time is, you guys are, are – taking keeping an account of all the the losses and like you said because it's really going to be losses growth or reduction in business that are going to because then the agency has especially in your segment of business has some kind of loss control loss prevention services that are married with that that go along and provide some kind of value there right 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 and if and if an agency doesn't have that resource the carrier will also jump in and work with the client because those services are normally built into a portion of the premium. Okay. So they are, they are, they are readily available either way to a client, but there are so many variables that play in, you know, to how to take care of that client best that you really all have to sit down and discuss. And so I know that's being repetitive, sorry, but. No, that's okay. That's all good. I mean, I think that's probably the reality of it. I mean, I think there are, you know, you're sitting in this room and you're looking at 10 accounts that renew over the next three months, right? And so if there hasn't been any noise, if there hasn't been any problems, if it doesn't look like, because you're going to have an indication from the carrier at that point, if the price is going to go up or you're just going to mentally know because they had growth and losses, we're going to see a significant increase and we want to go and remarket it 
just to keep everybody in line. So when we bring it back to the client, we can say, here's the, the, who you are with. Here's another client that another carrier that we could go to. I mean, right. is that kind of the strategy on those? That's kind of it. We start having those discussions. Like does this carrier, you know, really invested in this account? No. Are they staying in the marketplace as far as this appetite? Are they delivering what we need on this? That's when we start having those conversations, you know, where the carriers, where we think the carrier will be, how the carrier's been acting on other renewals in that marketplace, so we can kind of get a gauge for where we go. Because from where you start at the beginning is so vastly different from where you end up normally. There's going to be some, you know, some game changers in there. Always. Yeah. So after we have that initial discussion and we start, now it's on our radar, right? Now it's on our radar. Now we kind of have a goal for where we're going for the next few months in the timeline. You know, when when we want to get the CQ to the insured. I'm not sure how all agencies handle that. I've seen it handled various ways, whether it's a questionnaire or it's a face-to-face -face meeting saying, this is how the program is structured now with these exposures. You know, what is changing between now and the renewal that do we need to increase these? Are your sales growing? Are you decreasing staff? Are you buying, you know, what do we need to tweak? So when we get close to that renewal date, we are in line with where your operations are. And, and that's, that's and that's really a list of kind of current inventory from a risk yes. perspective, right? This is yes. how you were rated on last year and right. going for the new year. This is what we're going to rate you on and let me know if anything has changed. I mean, that's yes. what that is, right? Yes. To have those communications because sometimes it sounds very blase and very easy, but sometimes those insureds can be very easily changing an operation and the last thing on their mind is insurance. And so those are critical to have because they'll be like, oh, by the way, right. I, you know, bought this or we're building this. And right. We sold two buildings and we bought 10 vehicles and we forgot to tell you. Exactly. Exactly. And so those are, that line of communication is, is very good in jogging memories. So that CQ goes out after the initial, so you have your initial meeting that's 120 days out, say, and then the CQ goes out about when? Directly after that? Shortly after that, shortly, not too long after that. And so you're hoping to have that back within, you're at the 90 day mark before the renewal? Right, right. Okay. around there. So you can go ahead and update the system. So you have it in your agency management system already updated for the renewal, what you should be looking at. That way when your apps are pulled to go to marketing, they are current or, you know, that way all that information, everybody's working from the same page. Right. So the CQ comes back, you verify the stuff that they told you, you create a new policy in the agency management system. You put the new information in there. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that kind of how that works? Yes. You put the policy and app status in the system. You go ahead and update it and then you pull all the apps for marketing and you send it. And then at that point, I mean, and here we're talking about, because we used for those kind of accounts, centralized marketing, where I would take it to somebody who has carrier relations and that knows the, all the different strategies of the organization in line with that carrier. I mean, is that kind of why we use that? I've seen it work both ways. You know, there is a centralized marketing depending on the size of the book that does have those carrier relationships. And so that is a strong point, you know, that they are able to get negotiate at that level and, and leverage that effectively. Um, other agencies also have the account manager market that book, which I'm a proponent of as well, because that 
account manager and AE are the first line of defense. So they will probably know more about what's going on with that account. There's no way for our marketing department to know that, but you know, you have to make sure when you have that, that you communicate all that information to the marketing department as well. So both um, ways are defective, or effective. It just depends on your size. Well, that's the problem. I mean, I think for me, if I can get it out of your hands and get it over to marketing, that gives me the ability to give you more time with right. the clients and doing stuff like that. Right. If I don't have good communication ability back to marketing or I don't have a proactive marketing team or a multitude of other reasons. Right. Right. I right. can now, I can now be kind of held responsible for something that maybe I wasn't responsible for. Right. And it really just goes to size, you know, since, cause since we're talking to various agencies, you know, size really, if you have the resources available for a marketing department, that's great for those that don't, you know, it's a totally different structure. Yeah, for sure. So, and in, so now marketing has it, marketing has it 90 days out. At best. We would really like to hit that, but I mean, and you know, because some carriers won't take them more than a certain time out. They're like, we won't take it more than 60 days. We won't take it more than 90 days. So it depends if you're in a standard market or an ENS, how that plays out, the different carriers guidelines on that. Uh, you know, in a couple other agencies that I've been in, we've lost accounts to carriers that we were appointed with but we didn't block the market on a renewal or right. uh, something like that i mean does right. that still hold true today pretty much i mean or is it still a strategy of agencies to come in block the markets and it, it, that i take it that in a centralized marketing realm that does the account manager help decide what markets to go to or do you just collect the information and pretty much hand it off i mean I think if it's a centralized marketing, marketing will probably have more of a call on that because they have the relationships and are better versed in that since they're working with them day to day. Um, I do think the account managers can provide their thoughts on it on in the past on how they've dealt with certain carriers and seen different roadblocks or possibly coverage issues that have come into play that they kind of want to voice their opinion on and say, hey, this has been an issue in the past. If we're, if we're going with this market, let's just be aware of it. That's just my two cents, you know, but, but if you have a centralized marketing, marketing is, is going to know the roads to take. Uh, the producer will definitely come in. It depends if it's a, the producer will have heavy input on that um, as well, because even though there's a centralized market, marketing person, the producer really does come into play as well on, on how he wants that renewal to be handled and what he thinks is best for his client or she. Right. Hopefully she. Lots. We, need, we, need she. More, we need more she producers for sure. We need more girl power. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> I will be a proponent of that all day. So now we have, we have it to marketing. It's uh, what's, so once it goes to marketing, then is the next time the account manager interfaces with it, Hey, X carrier has accepted and provided a quote and then they get it back to you. I mean, uh, how does that work? There, there will, you know, always be questions about the submission that will marketing will have to, you know, discuss with the account manager because there's no way to pull all the history into a submission. So there will be an open line of communication between the two departments, you know, during the marketing process. Most marketing departments, due to their handling the quote 
in getting the pricing and the forms, they will pull together the proposal and then we'll come in and kind of review the proposal, be that second set of eyes, things like that, and be like, okay, well, what about this? You know, did you think about this or what about this coverage? Things like that. So I think it's, it's very collaborative. What, what are the, the, when you think about the renewal process, what is the area that's the most arduous for you? You know, what's the, what's the most painful aspect of the, the renewal? Um, I think the timing, because it's always such a long process and it's always so detailed that it's hard to pull all of the pieces together in a timely fashion. And when you, and if you're working late, is it typically on renewal business? I mean, is it like I'm trying to get this because that's very time sensitive stuff, right? It is. And, it, and if you're marketing, you're dealing with different carriers with different needs. Some may want a loss control. Some may want to look at different losses. You know, there's invariable things that come up. So you're trying to get all these different players on the same timeline. And that, that causes a lot of difficulty. You can have the bones of the proposal ready to go, but you're waiting on this one quote and it comes in late and then you're scrambling trying to get everything together and then the quote you thought you were going with is not as good as you thought. So now we're switching carriers, you know, midstream when you've already had a proposal ready for this carrier. So there's always a bunch of moving pieces. So once you get the, the quotes back from marketing, is that how it happens? So say that you take a renewal out to the, who has it now and somebody else just to double check, you know, mm -hmm. you get those back and then do you, does the account manager in that centralized marketing situation communicate with the client or does marketing? We, the normally the producer. So now it's at the kind of the end of the process. It's yeah. gone through marketing. We've got it back from the case. So after the account manager submits to marketing, are you, is it pretty much done until it comes back or are there other things that you're doing during that time? It's pretty much done. It's pretty much done except for our supplying marketing with information that they may need to get back to certain carriers. But that's, you know, not a huge time stuck on that. It's usually pretty minimal. So they usually handle the bulk of it and then the proposal comes back to us and the producer goes out. The quotes come back and then, I mean, but the, but what you just said and the reality is very different because pulling the proposal is typically the thing that I see take just an inordinate amount of time. I mean, and being very careful about how that is done. And I've seen probably the most friction from a personality standpoint come from proposals because we're at the, we're at the very end of the game. There's no time left. I'm running out the door. I grab the wrong version of the proposal. I'm the producer. I go to the client. I show the wrong thing. I get embarrassed. I'm mad as hell. I'm coming back and yelling at somebody. Right. And it, it is normally most stress around the proposal. That's why we, you know, we do try to work ahead and have several eyes on it before it goes on the door. So before it goes out the door, marketing usually sends it to us and the account and on my team, the account manager, the account executive, and the producer all take a look at it. You know, yes, things are going to change down at the wire. They, but you usually have two or three people looking at it before it goes out. Are there things that you think that a proposal needs to have to be effective? I mean, have you seen, because I've seen a lot of people spend, you know, I've seen produce, no matter what agency I've ever worked with, producers always come and say, oh, our proposals are terrible. 
<laughs> we wish <laughs> nobody is ever happy. But I mean, does it? Does the client? Do, in your opinion, mm-hmm. if the proposal looks professional and is air free for the vast majority of it, is it? acceptable i mean or would do you believe that there's other flashier ways to have that happen do you think that we spend too much time worrying about that because the client doesn't care does the client care what's your take i don't think the client cares i think the client will say um oh well i saw this other broker and he had this really flashy thing is that going to be a determining process of how that company spends its revenue on insurance no is it on a wish list yes um to me, the proposal is a contract between that agency, you know, or a representation of the product. And to me, you know, flashy is great. I would love for them to look any proposal, you know, as professional as possible. But my concern from an account manager level is more what is included on it. Are the forms included? I invariably see forms left off and have throughout the years, not, not at TCG. We are very good at that. But in past lives, you know, those forms are huge because that's a gap if you don't have that on that proposal to that insurer who can easily say, well, I never knew that. I never knew that was on there. I leave it up to you to review the policy. You know, I think as long as you display the proposal as a, a contract or a document and give it that sense of heaviness, shall we say, that's what's more important. Not so much like a marketing piece of fluff. I mean, this is this is a this is serious business here. This is serious business. If they don't know who you are by now, if you're a renewal client, they're not going to know. <laughs> right, right. I'm I, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be truthful. To me, relationships are key, but also your knowledge. I have always said through my career, what you are selling, you have to be knowledgeable. That is the one thing that will break up a relationship with your client quicker than anything is that, well, I didn't know. You could have talked to them a thousand times about it. And they are gonna be like, what wasn't on that proposal? And you'd be like, well, we talked about it. No, really, did we? I don't remember that. Right, we have to get a video. I'm gonna put this on YouTube so I can show you that uh, that we did talk about this. Now we I did mean- talk about it because years ago when um, there is a, a large rainfall and flood in Memphis and in Arkansas, flood became a very big topic. And also um, in Memphis, we had a wind, a direct wind storm that caused serious damage. So service interruption from overhead transmission lines and also flood later on were very huge topics. And it happened invariably that a producer had gone out and tried to sell flood. And that client was like, I don't, I don't need flood. I need quake. I'm in Memphis. I'm a fault line. You never know what's going to happen. And then it'll be like, well, we didn't talk about that. I don't see where it is in the proposal. And, and that's one thing that that TCG does in their proposals. It may not be the prettiest thing, but it is very invariably smart that each year we have other lines of coverage recommendations on the back mm-hmm. that are not included. And if we've quoted it before, we date it. And we have the backup to prove it. Say, we talked about this last year. Remember, we provided you with this quote. It was this much premium. And yeah, that's how we did it in Florida too. I mean, flood declinations we would absolutely keep because, you know, uh, everybody wants to have flood when they have a flood, but a lot of times you don't pay for it. Right. Know? And yeah. it's just, you know, that's really reaching on that example, but I mean, Nashville had the bigger flood. So 
I know, but it was funny because I actually somebody told me that they took b bigger losses from a hailstorm, which I thought was weird. Yeah, hail can but, do more damage. Yeah, but I mean, Nashville was like super flooded, so it's just interesting. Insurance is kind of crazy. If okay. you had, um, you know, advice for making that renewal, because I mean, you spend a large portion of your time doing renewal process work. Mm -hmm. What what are core areas that agencies could do to reduce the amount of of friction i mean okay obviously one is provide enough time right and, and resources but are the, what are other core areas that you see creating friction sticky points things that you're just are like you know what we shouldn't have to deal with this today i mean are there anything that stands out for you that agencies could focus on to help reduce and make that faster that's a really good question overall i'm just i'm going to go back to being old-fashioned and say communication communication like let's just don't hold it to the last minute and be like hey guess what surprise you know let's constantly as a team not constantly but ever so often check in and be like this is where we think this is going are we still on track for that are we still you know and that again goes back to those monthly marketing meetings are we still on track at this time of having this one done you know and everybody really participating because i feel like those meetings everybody's like oh we just did that it's a month ago nothing's changed and they don't come. You know, all voices need to be present and there does need to be, con you know, constant discussions. Especially in the, I mean, and, I, and especially in, in less voluminous departments, right, where you have more complex risk, where one entity may have significant changes in a month or two months, right? I mean, one or two events can change something drastically. And so, like you said, communication tools that, that might help that. I mean, anything that's going to bring clarity to that. So like, cause I've seen it, I've seen where a producer knows there's going to be bad news. Yep. They don't want to really talk to the client about the bad news until it's a little later. And now everybody's running around trying to, to, to get stuff done. And it's, and it creates a massive amount of stress for, for the whole team. And I, 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 and I'm glad you brought that up. It does backfire. I feel like the more upfront you are with your client and building that trust, you have to do the good and the bad, and you have to be able to handle both. Do not hold that card until the last minute. Be like, hey, you renew, you renew in 24 hours. Guess what? That does not work for anybody. You have to be that partner with that client, good or bad. So when the producer comes back and they have, you, you sent them out with the proposal, uh, they're, they're obviously at this meeting. Mm -hmm. when, when they finally get the word that, yes, they, they got the, that they renewed it and everything, is there, I mean, is that an emotional feeling that you have for a minute? Like, yes, that one's done for a year. I mean, yes, what? yes there are moments when you hear the angels saying, you're like, Yes, there are those accounts when you're like, we're going to happy hour today. Hallelujah. It has happened. Yes. And, and, to, and to me, that's one of those wins that you need. Like when you renew that and it's been a tough renewal and you win, oh, that, that makes it worth it. Do you think agencies celebrate renewals as much as they should, or is it a missed opportunity to, to kind of boost their staff up? I mean, what do, what do you feel about that? I, I do think it's a missed opportunity. I do. I mean, 
And just like a little, I mean, it could just be a renewal part. I mean, like one time a month or, cause I don't, I don't see, I see a lot of excitement about new business and I see a lot of relief about um, renewal business. <sighs> we kept it again. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, right? <laughs> I will say it really, and here I go back to team because it's a hot button with me, but I've been in the business 28 years. And when I first started back in the day at Sedgwick Marsh, my producer, we had a large account. And when it renewed, he took the carrier team and his own team to the Peabody for dinner. And that is one of the most memorable things that I will ever remember because it was just such appreciation and Thanksgiving and team building. And I know we can't do that on every renewal, but those tough ones, there needs to be a little bit of like, let's go celebrate. Let's just right. enjoy the insurance people. Let's lighten up. Let's that's right. That's up. right. That's right. There's enough money in here where we can get everybody to be a little bit happy. And I think it's funny because that happened uh, a while back in your career. And it's something that's still, you know, that you feel today because of the validation that that created from the producer to you, yeah. right? Like, thank you. And so, I think that's a good takeaway. Uh, you know, celebrate your team, celebrate your wins. I, I, I'll be curious to see if the renewal processes of the agents that we've talked to that, that are listening are the same. Do you guys have different friction points? How have you removed those? Melissa, love to have you on the podcast. It's always great. Let uh, me know your tools, people. Yeah, yeah. Let's help talk like, community. Let's talk. That's right. That we can we can all try to help each other advance, man. And that that's what it's all about. But thank you, Indio, for putting this on www.useindio.com. If you don't know Indio, you should definitely check them out. They got good technology. They help the customer experience. Join our podcast group on LinkedIn, the Digital Broker Podcast Group, and uh, we'll be excited for you to listen to us next time. Thanks a lot. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio simplifies the insurance application process for brokers and their clients. When using Indio, the process is fast, easy, and ANO-free, saving your agency time and money. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one -on -one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www dot u s e i n d i o dot com slash podcast.